Shalom to all. Today's office is Mama Kamatav We are starting about the sixth line with the words from the Mishnah, I am Amar Loi, Azal Shachal Bechulu. And today's office sponsor, Lilu Nishmas, Mars Miriam Sarabas, Yaakov Maisha, her Nishama should have an Aliyah. And Lilu Nishmas, Rabbi Yasfiyant, remember Usher Anchal, his Nishama should have an Aliyah. So let's remember the Mishnah discussed two cases where two people were walking, one with wine, one with honey, and the barrel of honey broke, and the guy with the wine spilled his wine out and saved the honey. And the other cases where a river had swept away two people's donkeys, and the one with the less expensive donkey saved the more expensive donkey. So in both cases, the good fellow who saved the other guy's thing only gets paid like a regular worker. However, in this quote that we just quoted from the Mishnah, if the fellow clearly said, I'm going to save yours as long as you pay me for mine, so then the other guy has to pay him for his. So the Gemara asks, am I, why is that? Why doesn't he tell him? I'm just joking with you. I told you I'd pay you for your wine when you spilled it out and saved my honey, but really I'm just joking with you because don't we have a brass that tells us this? A guy's running away from jail and there's a ferry in front of him and he has to get across the river so that he can get away from jail. And Amr he tells a guy running the ferry, tell dinner, take a dinner, which is a crazy amount of money to pay for the ferry, and take me across. He only really has to pay for the regular schar, for the regular payment of the ferry, and he doesn't have to pay this whole dinner. Amr we see from here, Amr that he could tell him, that I was just joking with you. So to over here, when we're talking about the honey owner, he should tell him, I was just joking with you. And I'm not paying you for your wine, I'm just paying you wages of what it would cost to save honey. So Amr says, no, our mission is only comparable to the end of this b'raisa. What's the end of the b'raisa? Amr that if he told the ferry, man, tell dinner Zebis Kharcha, take this dinner right here as your payment, the heavy rani, and take me across the river, so then he has to pay the entire dinner. And the Gemara clarifies, what's the difference between the ratio where he could say I was just joking and he doesn't have to pay the whole dinner, and why in the seifa does he actually have to pay the entire dinner? So answers, we're talking about where this ferryman was also a fisherman who was in the process of catching fish. And Vamrele, the ferryman, who's also a fisherman, is telling this escaped convict, you made me lose out fish that cost a zoz, and that's why you have to pay me this exorbitant amount for taking you across the river. Because you're not just paying me for taking you across the river, you're also paying me for this loss of the fish that I'm not catching. And the same thing over here in the Mishnah. Since this fellow is spilling out his wine to save the other guy's honey, so he's losing out on money, that's why he gets paid for all of his wine, and not just regular wages that it would cost to save honey. And we continue explaining, and again, this was the second case of the Mishnah, where the river swept away two donkeys, his and his friends, his friends was with more than his, and so if he decided to save his friend's donkey, he only gets paid for how much it would cost to save a donkey. But if he told his friend, I'm going to save your donkey if you pay me for mine, so then his friend has to pay him for his. And the Gemara clarifies with Sricha, we have to have both of the cases in the Mishnah. So if we only have the first case with the honey, I would say, Over there, when he tells him clearly, I'm only going to save your honey if you pay for my wine, so then he has to pay for it. That's because he's losing out Biyadayim. He's physically taking his own wine and spilling it out to save the other guy's honey, so that's why he gets paid fully for his wine. But over here in the second case, the Mela, the guy's going to lose his donkey anyway because both donkeys are being swept away by the river. Neymar, I might say that he only gets paid regular wages even though he stipulated I'm going to save your donkey only if you pay me for mine. It doesn't make a difference because anyway he was going to lose his donkey. And in Seifa, if we only talk the Seifa of the Mishnah, I might say that over there in the Seifa of the Mishnah when it's Stam, meaning when he just saves the donkey without stipulating anything, he only gets paid as a regular worker. That's because anyway he was going to lose his own donkey. But over there in the ration of the Mishnah, we're talking about where the guy spilling out his own wine, be a daim, in order to save the other guy's honey, Ema, I might say, I feel a bestama, that even in case of Stam, where he didn't stipulate that he wants to be paid for his wine, that the owner of the honey should have to pay for the wine anyway, Sricha, that's why we need the case of the Reisha as well, to say that unless the wine owner stipulated, I'm going to spill out my wine only if you pay me for it, so we have to have both cases. And the Gemara continues, Rav asks Rav the following question, let's say the guy who had the less expensive donkey went into the river and he saved the more expensive one and his ended up coming up from the river on his 
his own. Mahu, what's the halacha? Do we say that since his donkey ended up being saved, so the owner of the more expensive donkey doesn't have to pay him for it? Or since it's basically a nace and his donkey ended up being saved, the owner of the more expensive donkey still has to pay him because that was a stipulation. If you save my donkey, I'm going to pay you for yours. So Malay Rav told him, Mishmai or Chimolei, in Shemayin they had Rachmanis on him and they gave him his donkey back and he still could collect the value of his donkey from the other guy. And where do we see this? Kadar of Safra, just like Rav Safra. Havaka he was going along in a caravan, Ari. There was a lion that accompanied the caravan the entire time, protecting it from other wild animals and thieves. As a Every single night, they would throw this lion, one of their donkeys, the Ka'achlan, who would eat it. When it was Rav Safra's turn, he threw this lion a donkey, but the lion decided not to eat it. So Rav Safra quickly went and was in his donkey. So we see from here that when he threw his donkey to the lion, he was completely mafkarit, and it was a nace that the lion decided not to eat it, and that's where Safra had to quickly be re in it because it's considered 100% hefker. And it's the same thing with the donkey. When this donkey got swept away by the river, it's considered completely hefker. And even though it ended up coming up on its own, that's just considered like regular hefker donkey that the owner could technically be re in it, but he still is able to demand payment from the guy whose donkey he saved. However, we ask on this case, why did Safra have to be re in his donkey? We understand that he was Mafkir's donkey, but that was only for the lion. He wasn't Mafkir for everyone. He was only Mafkir so that the lion could eat it. But since the lion didn't eat it, he never intended that somebody else could take it, so he didn't really have to be re in it. So Amalei Ravina responded to him, You're right. Rav Safra only did this meaning he did this to be extra strict, but you're right, he didn't really have to be re in it because, again, as you said, he never was Mafkir for everybody else. And the market teams, Bamine Rav and Rebbe, Rav asked Rebbe the following question, Let's say this guy went into the river to save his friend's donkey. Does he get paid for his donkey? Because that was a stipulation. I'm going to save your donkey, but you have to pay for mine. Or, since he didn't end up saving it, so he doesn't get paid for it. So he told him, This is a good question. And the answer is, He only gets paid regular wages, like a regular person who you would pay to go to the river to try to save something for you. But he doesn't get paid for his donkey, because again, he didn't save the other guy's donkey. However, now we have a question. A person hired a worker to bring cabbage and dermaskinin for a sick person. These are evidently good for the healing process. And the guy came bringing them, and he found the sick person either had died or had gotten better, so his services weren't needed anymore. The worker still is paid his entire wages. So we see that even though he didn't accomplish what he was supposed to, because the guy died or got better, he still gets paid full wages. So to over here, even though the donkey didn't end up getting saved, still he should get paid for his donkey. So Amalei told him, me dumb, is it really comparable? Hasam over there, of the shleich ended up doing his shlichos. He was told, bring these things. Even though he's supposed to bring them for a sick person and the sick person's not here anymore, bottom line is, he brought them, so he did a shlichos, and that's how he gets paid. But Hach over here, in the case of the donkeys in the river, the shleich didn't do a shlichos. His shlichos was, I'm going to save your donkey, and he didn't save the donkey, so he doesn't get paid for his. And the Gemara continues, we have a caravan that's going in the desert, and a band of marauders come, and they're going to steal everything. People in the caravan work out with these bandits, don't steal everything of ours, we'll just pay you off a certain amount of money. So we make a cheshben based off of money and not based off of souls, of people. In other words, let's say there's 10 people in the caravan and the bandits say, you have to pay us $1,000. We don't say that each person pays $100. That would be lafina fashais, that each person pays the same amount. We go based off of money. So if one guy has a lot of money with him and the other guy doesn't have so much money with him, so you pay proportionally to the amount of money that you have. Now, the reason why we don't make a cheshben based off of nefashais and only lafimamain is because these bandits aren't threatening to kill the people in the caravan. They're only threatening to take their money. So we make a cheshben based off of everyone's money. However, we continue, if this caravan had hired a guide to lead them, so this guide is not only taking care of their money because he leads them in ways that there aren't going to be bandits to steal their money,
money and he also protects their lives because he makes sure they don't get lost. So then how do they chajbin out how much money they pay this tire, this guide? They even make a chajbin based off of the nefashais, the amount of people here, because again, he's protecting their nefesh and their money. However, they shouldn't change from the standard minig of donkey drivers and whatever the minig of donkey drivers is, that's what they should follow. And if it's only based off of nefashais or only based off of mamain, that's what they should do. And furthermore, the donkey drivers are able to make it tonight and they're able to enforce it. That if somebody's donkey gets lost on the way, they're going to give him another donkey, meaning everyone would have to pay up and get this guy a new donkey. However, if he was negligent and that's why he lost his donkey, they do not have to give him a new one. But if he wasn't negligent, then they do have to give him a new one. And if this fellow who lost his donkey says, Tanuli, give me money, Vani Eshmar, and I'm going to guard everything with you, we don't listen to him. And that's because he might not end up buying a new donkey and he might not end up doing Shmirah, watching properly. And therefore, we buy him a donkey, we don't just give him money for it. Ask the Gemara Pshita, that's obvious. What's the Chiddush? The answer is, let's read the whole Chiddush is for the following. He has another donkey, meaning he had two donkeys and he lost one of them. So by the time we might have said, he's going to end up watching it because since he still has a donkey to watch, he doesn't really need to buy another one. The Chiddush is that no, we want him to have another donkey because Shani there's a difference when he's watching one donkey as opposed to two. And that's why we want him to have two donkeys. In other words, we want him to replace this one that he lost because he's going to end up watching everything much better when he has two as opposed to one. And that's why we're not just going to give him money, we're going to give him a donkey. I think we're going to continue we have a ship that was going in the sea, and a huge wave was threatening to swamp it and sink it. And they lightened its load. They threw some of the cargo overboard. We make a chashman based off of cargo and not based off of money. For example, let's say there's two merchants on board, one with gold, one with silver. And the gold merchant throws 50 pounds of gold overboard. So the silver guy only has to throw 50 pounds of silver. He doesn't have to throw a proportionate value of silver to the gold. We make a chashman just based off of the masui, the cargo, and not the value. We shouldn't change from the standard minig of sailors. Sailors are also allowed to make it tonight. If a person lost his ship, meaning if they have a whole line of ships and one of them sinks, everyone has to chip in to buy this guy a new ship. However, the guy lost to due to negligence, they do not have to give him a new one. But if he wasn't negligent, they do have to give him a new one. However, if he had went, if he had sailed to a place where ships really shouldn't be in Mamidin, so they don't have to give him a new ship. Ask him where that's obvious. Why do you have to tell me that? The more answers like that in Nisan, when a person is going down the river with his boat, he stays one ashla away from the shore, which is one rope's length. And that's because in Nisan, the middle of the river is very swollen with all the melted snows and all the rain from the winter. And it's actually pretty dangerous to be in the middle of the river. So that's why they stay one rope length away from the edge. Ubatishrei, however, in Tishrei, which is ready after the summer and the water levels are much lower, they stay two rope lengths away from the edge of the river. And that's because if they're too close to the edge, they're going to end up getting stuck on the bank because it's very shallow there. And what did this guy do? It was the days of Nisan, so it was right after the winter, and he brought his boat to where they bring them in the days of Tishrei, which is the middle of the river, and his boat got swamped. And the Chedesh is, Malatim, might have thought, that he's just following his regular routine, and this is what he's used to, and therefore he's not considered negligent. The Chedesh is that no, he is considered negligent, and therefore we do not have to pay him for another boat. And the market is we have a Baisa. Shara Shara Samalach is a midbar, we have a caravan going in the midbar, and a whole bunch of marauders, bandits, they attacked it to take away all of its goods. And one guy stood up and he saved everything. He was a kung fu master and he took care of all the bandits and sent them running. So Hitzel Emsa, he saved it for the middle, which means everyone could just take their stuff back. However, if the guy said before he embarked on his mission to save everyone from the bandits, I'm saving everything for myself. So Hitzel Atzmai, he saved it all for himself because all their goods were basically taken away by the robbers and bandits. And this guy saved everything and so he could keep them for himself. So Gamar asked, hold on a second. Hey, what's the situation? If the other people, 
people were able to save themselves. So I feel even in the Seifa, when he stipulated, I'm saving this for myself, it really is for La'emtza, it's for everyone, because they technically could have saved it. This guy decided to look cool and do it all himself, but it doesn't make a difference. That shouldn't mean that they lose out. And Vidula if they're not able to save this stuff on their own, and he's the only guy that's able to do it, so even in the Reisha, where he didn't clearly stipulate, I'm saving it for myself, everything should still be his, because they couldn't have saved it for themselves anyway. So remember, he answers, over here we're talking about partners. And this is a situation where a partner is able to make a division of their assets even without the agreement of his other partner. In other words, we're talking about partners that are traveling in a caravan together. And we know that usually when we have partners, if one of the partners says, I want out of the partnership, he can't force his other partner to divide the assets equally. But in this situation, he could. And therefore, Omar Palig, if this guy who saved the caravan from the bandits stipulated very clearly, I'm saving for myself, in essence, he's saying, I'm saving my stuff and I want out of this partnership. So he's allowed to do that. However, Loy Omar, if he didn't clearly stipulate that he's saving the stuff in order to get out of the partnership, so then they don't have to make the division and everything's still owned by all these partners. Now, Rav Amarava says differently, over here we're talking about workers. In other words, the guy that saved the caravan from the bandits, he was a worker that was hired by everyone in the caravan. And Uchrav is just like Rav. Rav, Rav says, that a worker who's hired is able to be chizer from his job even halfway through the day. In other words, he could back out from his job that he was hired to do even midway through the job and you still have to pay him for what he did. However, as long as he's not Chayzer, it's considered to be like he's in the Rishus Baal And so over here, we're talking about a caravan and one of the guys in the caravan was a hired worker and he saved everyone's stuff from the bandits. So if he made the stipulation, I'm saving it for myself, in essence, he's saying, I'm not being a worker anymore. And he's backing out of this agreement of being a worker, which he's allowed to do according to Rav and therefore it's for himself. But if he never stipulated that, so he's still working for everyone that hired him and that's why the goods still belong to them. Now, we'll just clarify why he's allowed to back out in the middle of a job and when he's chayzer, there's a totally different reason why he's allowed to do that. Because the Pasuk says, for B'nai Yisrael are avadim to me, says Hashem. And they're not avadim to other avadim. Meaning all of Am Yisrael are really avadim to Hashem. And if you hire a worker, that worker is not your eved, so he can back out whenever he wants. And Rabbi Shiyama, he gives a different answer. We're talking about where really everyone from the caravan could save their stuff. It would be rough, it would be difficult, but they could save it. And therefore, if this vigilante, this kung fu master who saved everything by himself was Megaladas and he says, I'm saving it for myself and the other people didn't say anything. They didn't say, we're going to help you or they didn't protest. So it means that they're agreeing, okay, fine, you go save everything and he gets to keep everything that he saves. However, if he wasn't Megaladas, that he's saving it for himself, for the middle, meaning everyone gets to take their stuff back because since they technically were able to save their own stuff, so him doing it on his own is not indicative that they're maskim, that he could keep everything and it's really La'emtza. And not another Mishnah, a fellow stole a field from his friend, and then Masikin, who are extortionists, they took it from him. And these extortionists are usually coming from the government or from the king. So Makas Medina, he is a Makas Medina, meaning they're taking everybody's fields. So Imerloi, the field thief, can tell the guy who he stole it from, here, yours is in front of you. In other words, I don't have to pay you back because they're taking everyone's fields. However, if they took it because of the Gazlan, and the Gemara's can explain what that means, so the Gazlan, this field thief, has to give the guy back a different field. The Mandamar that has the Girsa in our Mishnah, Mitsikin, like we have, so that's not wrong. And according to Mandamar, that the Girsa is really Mitsikin with a Tzadi, that's also not wrong. Mandatani Mitsikin Lamishtabesh, if the Girsa is Mitsikin, there's nothing wrong with that. That's because we have a Pasuk that says, Bimatsar Ubimatsai. And this is from Techacha, and it means under siege and oppression. So you see the word Matsaik, which is like the Lashon of Mitsikin, means oppressors or extortionists. And Mandatani Mitsikin Lamishtabesh, the one who uses the Samach, that's also not wrong. That's because the Pasuk says, Yarish Hatzlot 
Chal, the locust will inherit it. And this is also from the Teichacha, talking about the locust eating all the crops. And we targuminon, what's the targum of these words? Yachsenine Saka'a. That Saka'a, thieves, are going to inherit it. So we see that Slotzal is Saka'a with a Samach and the Tzolashan of thieves, also like these extortionists that we're talking about in our Mishnah. Nothing more explains, we had said, Imachas HaGazlan Chayev. If these Metzikin took it because of the Gazlan, so then the Gazlan is Chayev to pay a field back. Ask the Gemara Hechidami, what's the case over here that's because of the Gazlan? Elim, if you want to say, Don Sula Ardi Dei, Vuloyan Su Kuli Arasa, they were talking about that these Metzikin, they took this Gazlan's field. Again, it's not really his field, it's really somebody else's field, and they didn't take anybody else's field. Well, Hamarisha Shamas, we know, we already learned that from the Rishi of the Mishnah. What does the Rishi of the Mishnah say? Imachas Medina He, Hulu, then it's Imachas Medina, and everyone's fields are being taken, so he doesn't have to pay. But Eloi, Loi. That's Mashmah that it's not Imachas Medina, and only this guy's fields were taken, so then he would have to pay the guy whom he stole the field from. So what do we need that in the Seifa of the Mishnah for? So Gemara says, you're right, let's read the Chiddush of the Seifa is, it's where he showed these people, he showed these Metzikin, hey, take this field. In other words, we're not talking about where he stole a field and these Metzikin took it from him. We're talking about where a fellow heard that the government is coming around and they're taking people's fields. So he goes to these government officials and he says, hey, you see that field over there? You should take it. And it's not his, it's the other guy's field. So in that situation, he showed them a field to take and he showed them a different guy's field, so he's chayv to pay for it. A different way of understanding our Mishnah is, what are we talking about over here? Where Gaim forced him, and they told him, show me your land, and he showed them his land and this other guy's land as well. So that's why he's chayv, because he had this guy's land taken away. And now we have a story about this. There was a fellow who showed a storage house of wheat, which really belonged to the Reish Galusa, to a bunch of extortionists, and they took it away. So also Rav Nachman, this guy went to Rav Nachman for din, is he chayv or not? And chayv Rav Nachman l'shlumei, Rav Nachman was chayv him to pay for this wheat, because it was due to him showing these people that they took this wheat away. Yosef was sitting behind Rav Hunar and Rav Hunar Barchiyah, Rav Nachman, Rav Hunar was sitting in front of Rav Nachman, and Amr Leir, Rav Hunar Barchiyah, Rav Nachman, Rav Hunar asked Rav Nachman, Dino Eknasa, are you saying that he's chayv to pay me din, this is proper din in or is it just a knas, you're fining him for doing this thing? And when he told him, it's our Mishnah, did not, what does the Mishnah say? If they took away the field because of the Gazlin, so the Gazlin has to pay up another field. And how do we explain our Mishnah? Where he showed them, hey, take this field. And so even though all he did was show the field and he didn't actually steal it himself, he just pointed them in that direction, he's going to have to pay for it. Same thing over here. This fellow showed a storage house of grain of the Rishkalusa to these people, and because of that, it was taken away. So the din is, this proper din in Mamanis, that he has to pay for it. Now, Batsar Danafak, after he left, Amalia Rav Yesler Rav Hunabarchia, Rav Yesler told Rav Hunabarchia, my nafkal chamina, what does it make a difference? Kufid Zanam Ralph on top, Idina Iknasa, whether it's a din or a knas. Who cares? Why are you asking such a question? So Amalia told him, there's a big nafkamina, Idina Gamrina Mine. If it's a proper din, this is regular din in Mamanis, so we can learn from it to another situation. Iknasa, but if it's just a knas, it's a penalty, like Gamrina Mine, we can't learn from it. Now, we're going to stop here for the day, but pick up tomorrow, continue to discuss whether or not we can actually learn from a case of knas. For now, Everyone should have a wonderful day.